What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are live right now on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you so much for being here today. And of course, you can find our network by downloading the Roku or Amazon Fire app, uh, or you can download the E360 app on your smart TVs. And of course, find us on the podcast networks too. Uh, we thank you so much for your support. Uh, this has been an amazing week already of broadcast. And uh, I'm excited about today because we have, uh, to me, I, I, I look at this man as a hero, um, Mr. James Owen Roberts. Uh, not only does he have his own podcast uh, that is super interesting, I was actually checking it out earlier today, but, you know, in the TEDx speaker and an author, all that stuff is cool, but to me, what makes him a hero, hero is a Paralympian athlete. Um, and those of you who don't know Paralympians, well, I don't know, but let me back up. Those of you who don't know, um, I worked with complex disabilities for 18 years, and so I was blessed to be around um, a lot of different people uh, for the, in those 18 years that had faced a lot of different hardships, everything from amputees to spinal cord injuries to ALS to muscular dystrophy and so on. And I saw two types of people. Uh, and out of all of those diagnoses, I saw two types of people. I saw people that looked at what happened and were like, oh my gosh, my life is over, this sucks, and just gave up on life. And let me tell you, that is painful to see. Anyone that's given up hope is heartbreaking to me because I know the other side of it. And the other side of it is these people, you know, the people that have tragic accidents or, you know, maybe they're born um, with a quote unquote disability and they see this and it makes them come alive. They find their purpose in the obstacle. And here lately, it's like, it's, I think the last week alone uh, for me, I've really awoken to the fact that, you know, I love awesome experiences. I love having fun. I love wiling out. I love, um, you know, just living life. But I, and look, and I love to relax and I love vacations. I love all those things. But really the greatest gift that we ever get in life, I believe, is our hardships, our trials, our tribulations, our struggles, because that's where the greatest gift of all, I mean, other than forgiveness or redemption, but we gain wisdom. And I'll take wisdom all day, every day over, well, look, I love billions of dollars too, but no, no but to that. I love billions of dollars. I love billions of dollars. I love it. Can't wait to use it and help other people. But wisdom, wisdom is special. And, 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 and with that, with the wisdom that I've gained through this revelation that I had, I started to change the way that I looked at the problems and the spiritual attacks and the other things that have been coming at us it just seems like every day the last three months has been something. And it's like, golly, like, are you trying to, if like for me ha having DID, you know, but I think it's healed now. And, 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 and anyway, the point of all this is that I've been able to reframe the way I see perceived problems and see it for the opportunity it is. And if I look back at my life, everything that I get to do in life now was born out of something crappy. Broadcasting was born out of something horrible. And it was a childhood dream though. The problems and the things that we address on the show, these heart, these crazy issues, they're all born out of some pile of poo somewhere. So the fact is this, I'm inspired by anyone who takes their hardships and use it to fuel the purpose. And our guest today, that man's done that. So we're gonna get into his story uh, right after these short messages. Want them rolling out the red 
carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want the finest things, the diamond rings, designer jeans, all minor things in the widest scheme. But at what cost to realize your dreams? Ben Fleen and the Will more put the crown of thorns on Spill more. My mic bloody cause I kill more, but I'm still poor. Bottom is where I started, but I get to the top and park it. Dug up in a harlot, my battery needs charging. And to reach my target is the illest in the market. It's some liquid from my arteries, will spill onto the carpet, yeah. Everybody want fame, nobody wanna work for it. Want them all to know your name, don't wanna see no hurt for it. You wanna see the red carpet, the red carpet, the red. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome James Owen Roberts. What's up, James? How you doing, man? Very well, thanks, Joshua. How are you? Blessed to have you here today, man. I'm doing good. I uh. It's freezing cold where I'm at, but it's still warming up. It's no longer minus 20. We're at 30 degrees today, and the sun may come out, so I may go sunbathing later. <laughs> How about you, man? Oh, I can't complain. The 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 what I echoed what you said in in the intro in terms of you know utilizing your vulnerability for strengths, and I wrote down a quote last year, and I only found it today of. Uh, it's it's an Avengers quote of using your our differences are our strength our our strength or our superpowers. Mm, I agree with that. I you know actually before I get into that question, I before we get into all of this, what are you grateful for today and why? Grateful for. I think I'm grateful for the for the. I'm grateful for the what my disabilities allow me to achieve, be it, you know, on the sporting stage that you mentioned in the very beginnings to what the sporting arena has given me today in terms of having a platform to be able to go on. Not, I won't say every plat- podcast that I please, but in terms of it, it, it's given me a vehicle to be able to inspire other people, to give people a different perspective and to just give them an opportunity to be a hero in their own journey. So why I say that, Joshua, is he, what was I watching yesterday? A TikTok about uh, history is in 80-year cycles. And my particular generation, uh, be it, I would disagree, somebody born in the 80s being a millennial, but be it somebody between the born in 1983, I think it was, until 2008 as a millennial and in in that history of 80 years they are going to be the the heroes of this generation as what would have been my grandparents generation of world war ii so thinking to hear that being said and that's relatable to it you don't have to be in that bracket of well you can create whatever you want in life ultimately it's down to hard work, dedication. Uh, maybe ounce a little bit of luck here and there, <laughs> but you you can you can be as well. My business coach reminders of losers and winners. Of you know you can be in that victim bubble. You can learn from that, those 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 failures and come out the other side, which is vulnerability. And obviously, come out victorious. So, at the end of that, is that is it? That's a hero. That's somebody that's willing to to show up when you know the going gets tough. That's what people have paid the big 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 bucks for. You know, the quarterbacks. Uh, you could say LeBron to a certain extent, not probably right now, but of he's the franchise player that you expect come you know hard times. That person's going to show up. I love that. Man, that's beautiful. Where are you at right now? What 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 country? What city? What town? I live in Pristatin, so it's a little resort town on the North Wales coast. The picture you got in the background it looks very familiar of, of, of about thirty minutes down the road of, of, of Chester. So that's why I was thinking, well, that looks very familiar. I know exactly where that is. That picture as well. Well, so, so I'm. I, go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm about thirty minutes away from Chester. 
by 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 train and about 45 minute drive depending on traffic man it is a beautiful city i was looking at your college and i was like wow so i like to with the with our guests i like to kind of remind them of something of home in the background even though you're there because i don't want to show you out my window and snow <laughs> so yeah, but it's different though it's different uh well most brits if they saw well they saw the amount of snow i don't know how, how much minnesota have got in inches doesn't take a lot to stop in this country especially in london it might be like i don't know maybe like that maybe that much we laugh in the north when it's like well that's not anything and the canadians in north america the the northern states of the u.s and scandinavia probably laughing it's like that's nothing we would we'd carry on as normal Oh, it's, I'm amazed. I'm new here. And I mean, I've been here for two years now and I lived in the downtown before my first year. So I didn't, I could see the snow, but I wasn't out in it a lot. I just stayed in the building because, you know, who wants to be in negative 20 degree weather? Now we live out by the lake and, and it's gorgeous where we're at, but you have to be outside here now to go anywhere, to go to the gym, to go to the grocery store, anything. And man, it is cold and we have about a foot of snow on the ground right now. And that's with a lot of it melting yesterday. And I thought, Oh, it's going to be 30 degrees. I'm going to lay out and get some sun. And you know, which sounds insane because coming from California, <laughs> but anyway, um, and, and I thought that the, I thought the winter was over, you know, and like now it's just going to warm up next week. We're going to have like a huge winter storm. So, you know, back to the same old thing. Anyway. Um, so how, like, how did you become, like, obviously you were an athlete and then you had a, what, did you have an accident? What, what happened? No, I was, I was born with my condition, Josh. So oh, wow. I've technically not an amputee. Uh, the terminology nowadays have gone in two different directions. So say somebody that's acquired the, the, the impairment is limb loss. And the people that are congenital become limb different. So I guess it's just to be maybe a bit more PC. Um, how, how, what's your age group? Uh, I'm I'm 35, so I'm 36 in May. I'm only six years older than you. I didn't know they changed the terminology. May. Well, I, I guess it's just to be a little bit more... Instead of being maybe at war with the words of... of I've had debates with people that have acquired it. It's like, well, James, you're not an amputee. It's like, well, I, I'm only using the term. So people in the regular space, because of the Paralympics, I've got an understanding of what an amputee is. I don't have yeah. to explain into greater detail of, of what my uh, disability is. I've got no problem doing that, but it will save <laughs> a lot of either frustration or... Um, second guessing by the other individual on, on the second part of them trying to, especially on a podcast, it's a bit more difficult to, to visualize yeah, yeah, what yeah. I've got wrong. Or as I say, I've got an amputation. It's more, more, more visible in, you know, day-to-day -day life or be it you see it in movies, TV or in the sporting arena. So for me, it's probably they've come more embracing of the ones who've, who've dealt with it in their entire lives. Have just got, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll use terminology of handicapped and all that because it doesn't bother me. It's like it's a word. At the end of the day, it's it's not. I've got a stage at a stage in my life where it's a word. It, it would put me in a box, but hey, if it, it, it makes relate me relatable to you, and you have a an an, an ounce of trust towards me because we're the same hey i'm okay with that but where obviously it's not where i've tried to use probably maybe more so in my i'm going to call it a niche or community within the limb difference community to kind of it's more generates the parents that are in the communities and sharing mm -hmm. their story uh, of their children it's true uh, more so the parents come into terms with the, the, the child being different. So I've kind of shared my journey of, well, I've done what's on my other website of this is, I've, I've, uh, this is what I was born with. This is what I've, this is what I faced at a teenage year, teenage year. And this is what I've gone on to, to accomplish. Who's to say your child 
son or daughter can't achieve that or more. So it gives them a different perspective of, oh, thank you, James. You've given me a different outlook. I don't need to wrap them up in cotton wool, as you put it in the introduction. My family definitely didn't do that. So (laughs) it was, uh, I use like terminology of, you know, being thrown in the deep end, thrown to the walls. It was, I won't say my family was ruthless, but they didn't want me to be treated any different than, you know, my best friend and things like that. It's, It's James's. James, he's going to get scrapes. He's going to face adversity. He's going to have challenges. But you and I, you and I, you're no different in terms of okay, you're six years older than me, but you'd have faced the same things as teenagers, some way, such shape or form. Uh, and to showcase to the amputee community from the limb loss community to kind of go, hey, you might have lost your limb arm leg legs arm, multiple arms your life's not over so it's, it's trying to kind of showcase to them in a non-teaching way in terms of kind of going well i'm not saying your way is wrong but you need to you need to make a decision consciously at that fork in the road because I've had, I've had this discussion with my technician and I try to get that out of him of what you said of vic, vic, victim mentality or, or or going in a positive direction. I think a lot of people face when they lose something, they think their, their life's over of I can no longer do what I was able to do before. And some, some people I've put it into more probably because of my coaching role to kind of give them the perspective is like you've told me your life was no better before you lost the leg so why is it any worse now because to me they're the same so i've probably become a better listener as to kind of go i'm not going to judge you because that's that's i've got no right to do that to say just because i've hit the ground running i'll be probably become more humble of it embracing the adversity of it because it is pretty um how would i put it not miraculous it's it, it, i've been given the vehicle to see things okay that's adversity so what mm. Some, somebody with two legs is gonna have some some hardship as well somewhere down the line uh you said quote unquote disabilities everybody's got probably got, got one of those in some capacity or what or, or shaping form regardless if they don't think it exists or not there's there's some sort of sure thing holding somebody back you might not call it a disability you might not call it anything it might be uh the world owes me something it doesn't mm. it's a limiting belief to some extent of you if i was going to go into the self-development space of i can't i don't know if we use money because it's probably an easy example to be able to showcase uh, I was shared, I thought it was, at the end of the day, it was an amazing video to give some perspective. The the person in question, I can't remember what the coach's name is, and I apologize to him. He was earning 40K a year and, and obviously getting a lot of no's and things like that. And, and you are obviously circumstance of that because if you have no a number amount of no's that's going to knock your confidence sure so if i can avoid taking calls i don't have to face those no's <laughs> as a knock-on effect, it not, you have been a business person it has a knock-on effect on your business if you don't take sales calls no matter if they're yes or no's if you don't take the calls you won't you'll be none the wiser so he he and this isn't that i'm going to do in in towards my business that's more health related to kind of showcase it works the same way as in business that it would do in health and wellness about re not say rewiring it but backwards engineering your result of if you're stuck at 40k your result is causing your underlying limiting beliefs and just reinforcing whatever you've got under the surface be it um could be daddy issues it could be money <laughs> issues it could be um you name it 
Yeah. Until you actually, uh, on how he phrased it, it's like a victim mentality. Is you 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 you're trying to appease a reasoning, so you're always going to hit a figurative wall every single time until you deal with that. So when he said he's like six, seven figure business owner now, so he's a CEO, he broke through that eventually because through faking it till he made it. It's like, oh, that's amazing. Cause it's like, so he went to a seminar and somebody asked him what he did. I was like, I'm, I'm a CEO of a six, seven, it wasn't true, but he said it to enough to enough people. I'm starting to, but I like the sound of that, and I, I started believing it, and 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 obviously did it the other way around. So prices got to go up to be able to hit those numbers, and then obviously you're doing it. So for me, from a health perspective, when I saw it, because uh, somebody said, "Oh, you you would massively benefit from it." It's like uh, it was an hour, it was an hour, an hour video, and it's like I've kept, I've, I've I've kept it as well, just to remind me of it, and I've, I've pretty much shared it. Not everywhere, but places where it's relevant. Because if you back and engineer that result, your behavior changes, your habits change, and ultimately you you get rid of that belief system that you had, and you re reinsert a different one. Mm -hmm. So it could be a victor, it could be a hero uh, analogy. It could be however you want to call it to be at the position. Well, this is who I need to be to show up to get that result. And obviously, it's, a, it's going to be a work in progress. Um, that's probably where I'm at, at the moment in terms of I'm going back to prehistoric data of, okay, it's trying to unravel that person I was as because I didn't journal how I become that person. It just happened. It just happened. I won't say miraculously over time, but... Day in day out, you you became that person. Pretty much, I I, I would say music was uh, a, a massive force behind that because the music that I listened to was I won't say motivational, but the lyrics in itself of well, we just the Super Bowl is not that long ago, but say Dr. Dre or Eminem. Eminem's life's far worse than mine growing up. Mm -hmm. So if he can do go from that rags to riches, who's to say that I can't be successful in sport? And I guess I did it sub subliminally. And any of any ounce of self doubt crept in, it's like mm, no, I don't want that. It's not, it's not help. Not going to serve me in the short term. Let's let's discard it. But I'm not saying never self doubt ever crept up. But if it did, it would be like in an instant. Not, not helpful. You can go yeah, one, do one. One of my favorite things in the Bible where it talks about holding uh, thoughts captive is because I had someone explain the our mind to me yesterday in a way I've never heard it because they were always talking about going to the spirit world. I'm like, what are you freaking talking about? Like you go float up in like the sky somewhere? It's like, no, it's in your mind. I'm like, what? It's in your mind? Yeah, that's why Jesus says hold every thought captive and like you and so the thoughts that are in your mind if it's not something that's positive if it's not something that's good and is feeding you and, and it's an, an abundant thought you got to get rid of it immediately because that thought will keep coming back keep coming back and then if it gets a foothold now it manifests in reality and it changed my way the way i viewed visualization it changed the way i viewed prayer and it also one of the biggest worst habits I have, and I, you don't like, I, I want to know, I'm obviously want to know more about you here and, but you don't know one I've gone through, I had my own adversities and issues in life. I lived a very awful, evil, very destructive life that we wrote about in my book, the devil inside me. Um, and it was all more on the evil side and not so much a disability. I mean, yes, I had DID, but that came through trauma and things like that. But one of the things that I, I, I've done and I've gotten this bad habit of is that if I would have a negative thought come up, and sometimes my thoughts, because they're going so fast and all of these different voices in my head, and it was just, it's pure insanity, but I would get paralyzed with it and quit 
like I would just not talk and I would sit there with the thought and I would try to work the thought out of my brain. But by trying to do that, what I was doing was basically submerged, submersing myself in it where it didn't leave. And when she told me this, I was like, oh, it changed everything for me like that quick. Because now like I have it triggered in my brain that if those thoughts come in, that is basically where you manifest it to create it, to put it out in the universe. So I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. And so I now have this insane habit of the only music I listen to is, and I'll listen to motivational speakers now with a beat behind it. I love that when I'm working out or, you know, Bible or whatever it may be, just to pump nonstop good things into my brain because this, my brain has been used for so much destruction. I have a lifetime of working out of it to do because our thoughts are that powerful. And I thought that perspective was really, really interesting. And look, I've gone through adversity and I kind of feed off of it a little bit, but there's a healthy way to go about it in a, in a toxic way. And it appears that you've learned how to do it the right way. So let's go back to the beginning. What was the condition that you were born with? And we'll just start there. I was born with the medical diagnosis is femoral dysplasia. So I don't have my femur bone and I've got a small tibia and fibula. So I've got what is in effect the bottom part of my leg attached to my hip. So it's... As I got into sport, I obviously saw more people like me. So growing up, I was one of a kind. <laughs> so yeah. um, it was probably challenging growing up because it's like, well, everybody else has got two legs. Everything seems normal. Uh, and I think, oh gosh, how old would have been? I'd probably be like pre-teen when I can't. I can't well, I'm, I'm so different. I've got a problem with it. Um, and... I probably used to say things to, to get a reaction from my mom. It didn't work. She's like, well, that's a terrible thing to say. It can't be. Dying can't can't be worse than having a disability. And I think now as an adult, it's like, well, you, you're just doing it just to try, trying to get a reaction and, and them to say something, uh, what you want to say. And, and for me, being told... Well, I never was told this, but be having the, the radiographer say to my mom, I shouldn't be able to walk. She didn't want that to obviously be in my existence of, well, if we don't tell him he can't walk, he's not going to not try and do it. So yeah, <laughs> it probably took me longer to crawl. Yes, it took me longer to walk. Uh, I've got a picture somewhere in the house um, with my first pros prosthetic limb at six months old. I've got a beaming smile from ear to ear so from I, I was w using a walker but for me to be able to stand for the first time on two let on figuratively two legs i was very i was very proud of myself so i think for me the decisions be it to go down the route of like surgeries they were going to let me make that decision so I, I potentially could have had, I can't remember what the Canadian procedure is called. Uh, it's uh, rhinoplasty. I can remember it actually what it's called for the first time where they break the ankle joint and they flip it round. So your heel bone becomes the knee joint. So for me, my mom wanted me to make that decision uh, when I was old enough to obviously make that decision for me. Uh, and when all the information was given to me that you got, I've got the bones are well, I'm missing quite a lot of bones in the structure itself as well. And it's not strong enough to support your full body weight as a knee. Make no sense to have one surgery to have potentially multiple in my twenties, my thirties, my forties for the sake of aesthetics. I'll, I'll go with what I've got uh, and, and, and we'll go from there. So I think from that, I've got an enormous amount of kudos to, to my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt for being those solid rocks. Because uh, I think one aspect of the pandemic that's been useful for me is, okay, I, I'm quite open with my adversity to the situation. Let's learn about what it was like for the rest of the family. So I asked last year, 
to my mom, what was it like for you, for me growing up? Because uh, to my knowledge, nobody in my family has ever had a disability. So there's going to be stigma towards, um, I think I was about a couple months old and we happened to be up in, because uh, my mom worked for NATO, so we were living in Belgium, happened to be in Brussels and somebody approached her in the street, what have you done to your son? I don't know how, how you respond to that in terms of, I don't know why somebody kind of goes from disability to mutilation in, in an instance, but to, to, to have to deal with that kind of adversity through years until I can answer those questions. Cause I was, I think, I don't know, I was probably 15, 16, maybe 17 year old before I'm comfortable to be able to answer for myself. Well, this is my disability. This is what it is. X, Y, Z. What else do you want to know? And to be feel comfortable that, uh, I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to be, uh, to a certain extent. I can't get away from the fact that people are, are going to have assumptions of me. There's, there's no, no matter what I do, people are going to have always have those. I can only show them as, okay, this is what you, this is what you think. Has the, the situation changed? I don't have to ask that question, but to give based on being open. And to a certain extent, vulnerable from your perspective for you to ask me a question, I've got no problem or no quarries to be able to answer. Let's go there. So I think for me, it was having a better understanding of what it was like for the family for me growing up. So my mom has probably told me like it is, told me that, to, to told me that story probably loads of times. Uh, what I didn't know was my grandma was very morbid uh, when I was quite young. Uh, a few months she she was of the mindset of what's James going to do is he going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life she'd never liked that for me growing up so this is probably before I was born it was it was worst case scenario you know what if yeah she's like the complete opposite person like almost like Jekyll and Hyde of I I never knew this until I was did I I'll say about 34 and I shared this on Facebook on Facebook live and people were like oh it's making me tear up like, <laughs> I told you I've only learned about this five minutes ago so for me it doesn't mean anything um yeah. because I can't have that dialogue with her at all now because she's not alive so it gives me a greater sense of being curious as well okay is that traumatic experience superseded be it my mom lost her father at 15. Uh, my grandmother was um, adopted at a young age by her um, her aunt and her uncle would be like the if you don't if you misbehave we're going to send you back to your real dad. Oh, so I don't I don't know. We're talking like 90 like 1920s. So I don't think anybody. 100 years on would say that and not think of the consequences of what that's going to do to a kid it's like well if i misbehave my real dad's this figure of i don't know how you describe it a bit like um this character that's gonna come out the night and steal me and take me away it's horrific in terms of so i've kind of gone quite quite close with my mom to kind of go, well, does that not filter down to as trauma to some way in form in terms of, well, you're this way because of that. You're I'm this way because of you. I think it's probably with a certain extent, maybe why the family is, is very stubborn. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very, uh, if you say it can't be done, Hey, let me show you. Or I've got a point to prove. Um, this, 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 I don't. There's no. There's nothing in it for me to gain. Just to just prove you wrong. But there's something to that. I remember growing up uh, when I I started pretty young working with complex disabilities, and it was pretty eye opening from a, even a young age. But even as I over the 18 years that I did it, one of the things that always impressed me. And, and also frustrated the crap out of me too, was the family dynamic. Because 
the one thing that's taken for granted through the whole process and may, and sometimes maybe rightfully so, but the family has a massive effect on the, the, the success of the person that was either born with the disability or had an accident because it takes a community. It takes lots of people. It's more than the doctor. It's more than the, the patient, so to speak. It's the care team. It's the orthopedic surgeon. It's, it's uh, but it's also the mom and dad. And working with children with cerebral palsy was very, very eye-opening. Not only is the struggle, like some of the single moms and what they had in how those giant tilt and space wheelchairs and how they had to try to maneuver them and get them in the car and that struggle. And then if the family was, the, the family environment was toxic, seeing what that was like, seeing some kids that were basically with cerebral palsy that were just left in bed all day, not exercise, not, you know, spoken to even. They were just left like they were a fish in a fish tank. Every once in a while, I'll give you some food, but I'm going to ignore you the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen all of that, and it's just eye-opening. So God bless your mother, first of all, because I know, I mean, only from my view, that and it was I wasn't like I didn't have that kind of thing to work through like yourself, but I've seen the family dynamic at play in situations like yours. And again, God bless your mother because that obviously is what driven is played a major role in you being able to use all of this for your purpose and to be a blessing to the rest of the world. It's amazing to me. Well, I think I think because she's so supportive uh, of whatever endeavor I had, I think the coaching one was slightly different. That, that's the only one. But I think she's starting to see in terms of, well, I'm more I'm more passionate about the coaching than I was the sport, and people will probably find that hard to believe. But I get a lot a lot more buzz or empowerment by helping other people to give you know uh, I, I did a facebook live in terms of oh two weeks ago about you know improving willpower without the normal motivators everybody wanted the how i'm going to give you the why because there's no point me spoon feeding you the the result because when the shit hits the fan the motivation is not going to be there to help you out anyway. So if you can be able to dissect through, you name it, I pretty much be it listening to podcasts uh, at work, um, using TikTok to actually learn some things, um, which some people mm -hmm. probably find that hard to believe. Use that. Hey, there's some great videos I've had people send me. I'm not on that platform, but. There's some great, it's some good really motivational stuff. So I'm trying to showcase that to my audience. So to go, okay, I'm sharing you wisdom. I'm not just sharing this because for the sake of it, it's I found this super useful. Mm -hmm. But I could, uh, it maybe move me, maybe maybe a couple of inches. It might move you mount, mount might move mountains for you, and to kind of showcase into videos of okay. You want to improve willpower. You want to improve motivation. Okay, are you a perfectionist, for, for argument's sake? Okay, maybe you need to give yourself some slack. Uh, are you... I'd probably fall in the lazy fair camp and probably people find that very hard to believe. Maybe you need to maybe not be so paralytic and be flat out. You can't just turn up and switch it on which sport we'll talk about a lot of times, especially, especially yeah, uh, either basketball or American football. You can't just turn up on Friday night or in the co collegiate row of Saturday and just expect it, everything to work out because high school level, you might get away with it a little bit. Collegiate level, a little bit less so. And on the pro level, definitely not because you need to do, you've had to done the work beforehand because everybody's talent is the same it's who wants it the most um it doesn't always work out like that but in terms of to showcase to to the people watching on the lives as you need to not necessarily 
analyze the negative under the microscope to the 101 degree because that's not that's that's not if you're in a bad place that's the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. but if you're able to be and this is what one of the coaches i know had me do lean into it i didn't want to do it but i was like well i'll experience what it's like of uh, I, I was anxious about something so okay i'll lean into i don't want to I don't want to lean into the, this anxiety because it's it's negative. Let me experience it and then have a greater understanding of it because nobody analyzes their life to 100 degree when things are going well. I had one person say they did out of 300 and something people. So vet, I don't know what percentage that is, very minuscule. Um, so with that, I was like, well, and their particular circumstances was very toxic, as you mentioned, their early childhood. So for me to say that you need to follow a certain path of your journey when it comes to motivation, willpower, uh, determination, drivenness, focus, whatever you want to call it, I've I've got a di- I've got a baseline, I've got a platform to work from because my my environment is very supportive. It yeah. will be okay, we're going to throw you to the wolves. We're not going to let you go out there and die, but we're going to we're going to put you out into the real world so you have some life experience of life is, okay, the Rocky quote's amazing. You know, nothing's going to punch as hard as life, which is true. Or Mike Tyson's one, you, you don't, what did he say? You don't realize things you get punched in, punch in the mouth. Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Yeah. So, so it's very, so it's very true. Of that person that looked at the 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 positive under a microscope, their normal is not my normal, because they haven't been in a supportive network. So, where so it's given me a sense of talking to people, listening to people. It gives me a different perspective of okay, this is my normal. This might be the say fifty fifty. For argument's sake, fifty percent might have had a supportive network when they're growing up. Thus, they're more likely to be able to go into a very, very motivated place to be able to be positive to progress. The other fifty percent, not supportive. That's their normal. So, for for when they come up in uh, against something that is an abnormal, it's friction. Because it's like, well, this isn't normal for me, so I don't know how to Im- I don't know how to embrace it. So it's trying to showcase to to my audience probably all different aspects of of motivation. I've I've bashed it. I've uh, my TEDx talk is uh, the title is motivation has had it day. I went a different direction entirely. Of, well, you're not supposed to do motivation anyway for TEDx, but <laughs> I was like, well, let's showcase. The only regret is probably when I did it in 2020. If I'd done it maybe earlier, maybe I might have done a little bit better because people want to have, want to gravitate towards hope, things that are positive. You read that, you read that title, mm, don't want to watch that. Because <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to be, I want everywhere that I turn is bad. If it's the news, if it's COVID, if it's rigged, like, you name it, it's, 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 to boss a million dollar industry to it's never positive anyway but i want to gain it garner some sort of positivity in my life that talk is not for me but where i went down the route is to showcase a little bit of my life and at that particular time before i did talk i was like a, a keen photographer so photography talks about it doesn't see black or white or color it just sees shades of gray motivation is exactly that it's it's going to be up down all over the place it's not going to be there when you want it most but you need to do the repetitions you need to do the work and i'm not saying i've got it all squared away i wouldn't even say at my height of going to do paralympics i had everything sussed out i was i didn't even believe i belong there in my first games, it was one. Of, I bumped into one of my old coaches from my swimming days, and he said, "Oh, you've ma- you've finally materialized the potential you had in swimming." 
that's all I needed to hear. It's like now I will I belong here. Now it's all a case of of delivering. Probably needed to hear I've heard it over and over and over again in the run up and months out and kind of go, well, it doesn't matter if I believe it or not. Let's just fake it till we make it and then we'll see what happens as opposed to maybe being a week out and going, okay, I'm, I'm finally here. I deserve to be here. I've worked my nuts off. It's now time to see what happens because you can't, you can't control your opposition as much as you would like to. Some sports you can, uh, you know, with, with, uh, trash talking and things like that and get inside people's head <laughs> but swimming isn't one of them rowing isn't one of them. volleyball you're not allowed to do it but you probably could do it slightly um but uh, i've probably used all aspects of sports life disability coaching podcast experiences as a guest or as a host to kind of go well this is what i talked about with such and such person this is my takeaway from what they've said it's been it's been blown my mind i need to share this yeah i want to hey i want to ask you uh and for the sake of time i want to be able i want to get this in your map i literally had a dream about a map like that last night and so i'm staring at your map and i'm obsessed with this now and you have all the pins for the podcast and radio audience you can't see it TV audience, you can. Are those all the places you've been in the world? No, that's everywhere my mom has been. So what I did to, because she didn't, she couldn't grasp self-development in terms of, you know, like books and uh, how to describe it, talks and things like that. So I was like, well, for you, self-development is traveling, visiting new countries, experiencing new cultures. That is self-development because it's you're experiencing something new and you're willing to embrace uh, something different. My self-development happens to be podcasts, uh, YouTube, books. I'm not I'm not an avid reader, but I'll, I'll occasionally kind of go to go. Well, this is backing up my point, uh, and then I'll read a bit more into it and kind of go. This is interesting. So for me, it's that's that's her self-development in terms of like traveling. I'm probably nowhere near it in terms of like visiting places. I so last night in, in I, I want to I actually feel led to show the story, so I'm going to, and that's I think really is what's triggering this. So I went through a uh, been doing a lot of deep healing work, and you know I like I, I think I said this earlier. I, I I believe I'm healed from DID, which is multiple personality disorder. And I, um, you know, I, it's been a huge blessing, but with that now it's like, okay, well now I'm Joshua. So now I get to take Joshua on his own healing journey. And it's been pretty accelerated because I've been doing the work so intense for the last six years, but I went through this exercise last night. We're praying. And I went to this early memory that was seemed so insignificant, but it was a memory of my buddy, I had two friends in my neighborhood and one of the guys shared the candy bar and I'm like, you know, six years old when this happened, shared a candy bar with the other guy, but not one to me. And I got really upset by it and I punched him in the face. But anyway, I got in trouble. Obviously my dad beat the crap out of me when I got home and like, it was not good. Um, and mind you, I probably deserved that one. So anyway, I go through this healing journey and one of the things that, with all of the expressions, what I found out was is insignificant as that seemed. It actually was bigger than I thought because of how it's translated and also how I'm seeing my two little daughters work with each other and why it bothers me so much when they won't share with each other. And again, this seems so small, but it turned out to be this big thing. So in the exercise, when you give that to God, in this case, Jesus, um, I, what I visualize, well, Jesus has to give you something back in return for you giving away your problems or the issue, the fear, the anxiety, the not feeling good enough, the not feeling worthy, the not feeling accepted and loved and all that stuff. You give that over and it gives you something back. And so the woman, like she said to me, she goes, what did, what did Jesus give you? 
And I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, and she goes, well, he handed me the globe. Like, like the world, the world in his hands, and he handed it to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. So now I have the dream last night. Now I'm seeing the map behind you. So I don't know what that means, but I got chills all over my legs because my heart's desire since I was a little boy was to see basically everywhere that's pinned on that map. That has been my heart's desire. So I'm taking this as a sign from the universe that what happened yesterday was not only real, but I'm going to get to see all those places. And that is what I live for. And the reason why, to your point about traveling, that is some of the greatest life experience you can ever get. And I get excited about going to Omaha, Nebraska. You may not know where that is, but it's honestly no offense to Omaha, but it's not a place that most people get excited to go. They think Los Angeles, Wales, London, you know, Paris, not Omaha. And I'm not making fun of you, Omaha, because it's from basically the same place I'm from in Oklahoma. So I'm not teasing you. But, I mean, I get excited because you get to meet different people, different cultures, the way they look at problems, what hardship looks like, mm -hmm. and, and so on and so on. So I find that inspiring, and I appreciate you sharing that story because it absolutely just, I, I mean, I don't know, it just made sense. So with all of this, this has been so cool and it's interesting, uh, your philosophy and how you've taken on life. Now I want to ask you this, because look, being a Paralympian, a Paralympian that takes a ton of work. Um, and, it, and that in itself is a whole five-hour program, just talking about the training, the conditioning, the mindset, getting to all that. And I would like to do that. But I also know that you can only you can be an athlete up to a certain point and then you stop i know you have your podcast uh, the uh, the the mindset athlete podcast um i know you're an author i know you're speaking where do you, you've accomplished these things and you've done these things so what is the mount ever so to speak that you get to climb next like what do you have your sights on right now that scares the crap out of you a little bit I don't think it scares me that much because the, the t people were surprised I hadn't done it, had ever done a TEDx talk before. Um, and be it, I think the podcast has allowed me to speak to numerous TEDx speakers. And I was like, well, I don't know either. But for me, the Mount Everest would be people said, well, what's the next step? It's like, well, Ted, Ted, Ted to a certain extent, because it's like, that's the, that's the holy grail of, of that space. But that's not easy. That's not easy <laughs> to get in to be able to do that. So that doesn't, it doesn't scare me. Um, and why I say that Joshua, it doesn't scare me because it's like, well, when it's the right time, it's, it's, it's going to obviously present itself. So sure. for me, the TEDx talk I did last year, it's, it's, it's good, but it could be better. So I, I'm quite happy to do, it doesn't have to be that organization, it could be somewhere else in the world. Um, I was meant to do one uh, with another organization uh, the same year, but for whatever reason that didn't work out. So I got thinking, speaking to somebody else, because uh, they did it in Mandarin. Cool. Um, because... I don't know why. I don't know the reason why. Why, why not? Because why not be able to speak, do it in Mandarin and be able to speak to what at least like one billion of the population on the globe. <laughs> uh, so it got me thinking. Well, could you not do it in French? Because I I spent from the age of three years old until I was uh, sophomore in high school immersed in the language. So so. It's not as good as it once was, but I probably could do it. And it would be more of a challenge than doing it in English. Uh, so it got me thinking, uh, and I reached out to ones in France. So it opens up the globe a bit more because I could do it in France. I could do it in Quebec. I could do it some, to some extent. I probably could do it anywhere in Canada. Uh, I could do it in North Africa. Uh, I don't think where else in French. Switzerland. Aust uh, not Switzerland. Maybe some parts of it, so it opens, so, so it gives me a little bit more flexibility than just having English, because sure. English, for argument's sake, most of the French wouldn't want you to do that, uh, <laughs> just, just, just being the historical bias. 
um, some of the Latin countries, the Italian, Spanish, uh, South American countries, their English might not be as good, thus it wouldn't really have uh, make an impact. Uh, so in terms of like to answer your question specifically, I think it's not a challenge as such. My my goal this year was to try and help a uh, hundred hundred people in my community to be able to, to to transform their lives, be it physical physically, uh, in terms of weight loss, or be it how I've transitioned from transformational coach to to empowerment coach in like the last week or so. That opens the space because that's that's mindset. That's it's just transforming people's perspective on transformation is not all just physical. It's 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 the, the mental stuff has got to be done as well because come back to my other point of you know the 40 40k versus six figures. It is not just numbers. The person, the attitude. It's a totally different beast in in, in terms of uh, what was I watching earlier today? Uh, uh, TikTok talking about Jay Z in terms of he doesn't he doesn't dress wealthy. He's he 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 has the conviction in himself. On every wealthy person, they've got that self confidence and insurance in themselves. Nah, I talk money, I breathe money. I don't need to show off the bling. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm confident in. Okay, I'm not going to look like a bum, but I, I I'm quite comfortable with being. Oh, I think Mark Zuckerberg lives in a condo and he drives a a, a rundown car, but he's loaded. It's it's that conviction in your mindset of anybody can become that. In terms of we're only talking about zeros in a bank account. It's it's not all it's made out to be from you know the materialistic aspect of it of having a ma massive big house um a tesla lamborghini did a rolex on your watch gary v talks about if, if that's what you want that's one thing but most people in their mindset they're trying to to live up to a stereotype of i'm trying to gain the the respect or the attention of people around me so really you don't really want the rolex the bmw and all these flashy things you're just trying to fit in which we've been doing since we were preteens really yeah. of we're not comfortable with being you know the outlier the black sheep and being quirky and being different i am <laughs> Yeah, but I think, I think, I think how they can find you, uh, how they can follow your journey, where they can buy your book. And uh, I'd love to do this again. But uh, yeah, tell everyone how they can find you. You can find me via my website at jamesowenroberts.com. You can find my podcast, The Mindset Athlete, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That's awesome. And we create a media kit after every broadcast. So, folks, you can also. If you didn't write that down, the website, our, our website's right below. You can see on the uh, screen there. Go there. You'll be able to find all of his links, learn more about him, uh, get the podcast video and uh, the transcript of this interview. James, you are an absolute gift to the world, my man. I, I appreciate you very much, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. I appreciate that, Joshua. Thanks again. God bless you, brother. Thank you. James Owen Roberts, everyone. All right. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, super, that just, it's a really, really great guy. I think it's inspiring. And there's just so many, I have like 50 more questions for him, but, you know, we want to be aware of the time here. That said, uh, an absolute blessing. You guys check him out. Buy his book. Um, I was, again, even his Facebook stuff is really good. So go check out his Facebook page. Check out his website. He's just done a great job on it. And uh, I actually do want to talk to him more about the fitness stuff that he's done doing. And anyway, it's super cool. So you guys go support him. Thank you so much uh, again for being here. And we will see you next time. Mm -hmm.